You're listening to The Capital Table. Private capital markets have been evolving for many years, but never more so than in recent times. Take a seat at The Capital Table with leading experts discussing insights into the private equity and M&A world, and take away the knowledge you need to excel in a rapidly changing marketplace. We know this is one table you'll leave feeling full and satisfied. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of The Capital Table. Uh, Today, we're covering episode five of the Fast Five, uh, and we've explored a number of issues relative to operations, supply chain, and and related issues, and we're going to cover another one today. But hello, everyone. Uh, This is Steve Brady, the market leader for Transaction Advisory at Witham, and in our Fast Five series, uh, excited to welcome back to the show, uh, Travis Loomis. Hey, Steve. Thanks for having me on again. Always a pleasure. And as I said, we've covered a number of issues and certainly I think over the course of the the first four episodes covered things relative to supplier relationship management and and how to more effectively manage the supply chain. But today we're going to focus on supplier collaboration. And let's start, Travis, with what is supplier collaboration and, and how does that compare to other supplier relationship topics we've covered thus far sure well i think most people are familiar with the term supplier relationship management uh, which is essentially just forming stronger relationships with your suppliers to drive that accountability structure uh, and alignment on both sides but supplier collaboration is essentially building upon this alignment uh, and moves it more into the next level of relationship building. And this allows for a little bit more of the highly collaborative and goal-oriented relationship that you uh, that you are looking for with your suppliers. So basically it's a it's a shift from a more static and reactive monitoring of reliability and compliance to an active relationship. And really what that means is it's promoting more shared projects, um, a deeper tracking of performance and value uh, and continued uh, instances of collaboration, both big and small. Yeah, that's interesting. So what are some of the benefits of supplier collaboration? So the primary goal of every supplier relationship is to manage, you know, a set of strategic goals effectively in order to drive value um, within the organization and supporting this with that close collaboration, I think has several benefits, not just for the procurement team, but the entire organization. And a couple of the key sort of benefits that I see with this is first and foremost, becoming um, what I like to phrase a a customer of preferred choice uh, or a preferred customer, essentially. Um, And what that means is you sort of get that privileged, I'll call it VIP access to a supplier. Um, You get um, in touch with their best people. Uh, They're bringing ideas to you uh, as well as you to them. Um, sometimes pr- um, a preferential pricing, um, updates on latest innovations, uh, as well as priority access to uh, capacity, um, you know, during times of scarcity or shortage. Um, 
And I think one-sided relationships undermine the potential for achieving customer of choice status, while that close collaboration um, can support that mutual beneficial outcome that I think both the suppliers and buyers are, are, are ultimately looking for. Another is um, that alignment um, to further promote uh, ESG initiatives, you know, I think across several industries, we're seeing more of an importance on driving uh, ESG as much as possible. And so whether it's sort of the basic, you know, table stakes of reducing carbon um, emissions uh, um, all the way through in, um, increasing the supplier diversity uh, or uh, just uh, responsible labor practices, supplier collaboration uh, in terms of a program can enable those organizations to address uh, and know what their impact is. Um, and then I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but premium access to innovation um, with their suppliers. And what that means is, you know, coming to the table collaboratively and finding those alternative solutions uh, in bottleneck, um, you know, issues um, in their process, uncovering new uh, or innovative materials, um, developing just overall better processes to uncover further um, efficiencies, uh, or even driving that a new product in, introduction and opportunities for growth. And, and so and so I think supplier collaboration can sort of lay the foundation for all of these activities to happen. There's several others that I could mention, um, such as cost management and quality um, improvements, better risk management and resilience, uh, or increased quality and overall competitiveness. But these are kind of the big ones that I, I typically see coming out of this program. Yeah, certainly, you know, very powerful program and uh, something that I'm sure our audience would uh, love to to implement and get the benefits of. So how do you start something like this? Well, again, chances are, I think many companies are already doing some form of this, um, you know, as as mentioned with the supplier relationship management a sort of process. So now it's just kind of building it out into a more formalized program, which we've boiled down into more of a four-step process. Um, the first one is to define what the goals and scope of what your supplier collaboration strategy really looks like. So you need to have some clear objectives um, that should be brief and succinct um, and are critical to the goals and objectives um, that you're trying to ultimately drive. Um, and they should ultimately tie to the corporate strategy of the overall business. Um, within that as well as to define the time frame within you want to achieve those goals. Um, you know, as, as, as we all know, I think trust in relationships, um, especially in the uh, corporate environment take time to build, uh, it, especially if it's moving from a combative relationship to a collaborative one. And so just expecting overnight enterprise-wide changes uh, in a company's ability to meet sus like their sustainability goals simply is just not realistic uh, over a short time frame. But having those clear and concise checkpoints can help teams stay laser focused on what their target is uh, and building on those key relationships. The second step is 
it sort of ties in with step one very closely, which is to align your business and your key stakeholders uh, around that supplier collaboration strategy. And what that means is to establish your communication uh, and people strategy. So you need to have your stakeholder matrix outlined uh, and make sure that your communication sort of transcends up as well as down to everyone uh, within the organization and make sure that people understand what the benefits are, um, the value that it can ultimately deliver, and what is it, it expected of them in terms of their time uh, and commitment to it. Um, and then I mentioned this before, but it also needs to have that executive sponsorship. So you want to make sure that both the procurement team uh, as well as the wider organization understand what it means. And so you'll want to reach out to other departments uh, from your supply chain teams, from your R&D team, from your commercial functions, just to make sure that everyone is on the same page and understand what this really means and what those objectives really are. Um, I'll I'll say this several times, but don't expect sort of that immediate step change. Um, I would say appreciate that this is as much of a change management exercise internally as well as ex, um, externally. So I like to use the phrase that Rome wasn't built in a day, but they were laying bricks every hour. And just understand that this is going to take time uh, and patience and ultimately dedication to build something great. The third step is driving that supplier engagement. And this is really kind of uh, a big turning point within your external facing communication. Uh, and what that means is to get their buying as much as possible. And ways that you can do that is to bring to the program clear um, the clear messages around what's in it for their supplier or for your suppliers. Um, and ultimately why they should commit time uh, and effort and their rep, uh, their valuable resources to working with your organization in a more collaborative way. So one method that you could do for this is to kick it off by running um, an in-person or even a virtual supplier day. Um, I think this is sort of a quick and easy way that can be done to kind of gain alignment uh, and get some additional buy-in with some of your key suppliers. Um, and on that point, I wouldn't recommend this to across your entire supplier base. I think it's important to start small uh, and start with a couple of key suppliers. And this is essentially leading into the fourth step, which is the ability to kind of scale this program. So you want to be able to start with your key suppliers um, and establish those frequent and ongoing business reviews to kind of drive that consistent engagement with them. Um, and they should, these meetings shouldn't just encompass the one-off sort of discussions um, around procurement uh, and reliability, but they should focus more on, um, or uh, they should both focus on procurement as well as the business-wide objectives um, rather than just operational performance. Um, and then you wanna be able to prioritize consistency um, 
And so make sure that you remain as transparent and consistent in your messaging to kind of build that trust and set those clear um, expectations and understand that you would expect that same sort of messaging uh, and consistency in return. So ultimately, I would say those are the four steps. Um, and I think it's easier said than done to implement. But again, Rome wasn't built in a day, but they were laying bricks every hour. Yeah, I love that analogy and uh, hadn't heard that one before and certainly going to have to use that going forward. So, you know, looking at um, building this process, you know, what about the use of data and technology to enable this collaboration? Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, and I probably should have mentioned that earlier. Um, so thanks for the reminder. But I would say companies should <clears throat> absolutely use data and technology solutions uh, as enablers for this process. Um, a couple of common pitfalls to kind of watch out for for this, though, is to make careful choices about you, what your what your procurement technology stack really looks like to ensure that you've got access to the data and the processes that are in line to support your wider collaboration efforts. You know, too many times uh, we as consultants see technology uh, in place that either isn't being used because the outputs are incorrect or even worse, they are correct, but not trusted by the teams that are using them. And the technology can oftentimes be isolated from the rest of the process. And so it becomes very cumbersome or challenging to analyze the results or bring into a format for um, analysis by the team. The other sort of cautionary tale I'll say is the ability to kind of harness the data for um, analysis and reporting. So the number of touch points and the quantity of data required for a robust supplier collaboration process uh, can quickly become unmanageable. And so I, I say this only because we've seen companies get overwhelmed with the data tracking points available and the time it takes to get to the analysis rather than the analysis itself. Um, and so having that sort of imbalance uh, around just pulling and cleaning the data can massively hinder productivity, uh, drive morale down pretty quickly, and, and ultimately reduce the buy-in from your procurement teams as well as the broader organization. So a worthwhile solution to both of these is to really focus your efforts on what I like to say, the metrics that matter uh, and ensure an efficient and, you know, ideally automated way to to get the data to support these metrics so that your team spends more time on the analysis and far less on just pulling and cleaning the data. So this is something that we've helped companies with, uh, and it ends up being a major sort of catalyst for them when they're looking to kind of scale their supplier relationships and collaboration efforts. Yeah, Travis, as our audience looks at their portfolios creating value and, and certainly looking at new deals and how they're going to create value, this is a incredibly important topic and appreciate this this overview. And I think we will carry this conversation into certain sectors down the road on the capital table. But to to bring this to closure today, you know, what are some real world examples of supplier collaboration you've seen in certain industries? Yeah, I mean, there's 
many industries that are able to put this into practice. But just to name a few from my own experiences, I would say would be automotive uh, or food and food and beverage. So um, when I think of food and beverage, whether that's because um, I uh, I love to eat or I was just in that um, in that space uh, for a while, I think of traceability of ingredients um, and now more than ever. Uh, sustainable and responsible sourcing. And I think companies in the food and bev space are continuously looking for suppliers that can, you know, not only meet the table stakes of reliability and compliance, but can further the collaboration between buyer and seller by providing greater insights into the traceability of their ingredients uh, and an overall commitment to ESG initiatives that are continuously being pushed to the forefront. And in some cases, this collaboration has gotten so seamless that consumers now expect to see the points of origin in their ingredients. Uh, And companies uh, and suppliers looking to enter into the market must have these available uh, and listed. And so it's a really great uh, sort of example and a demonstration of of that supplier collaboration process, uh, as well as using technology to enable those more frequent touch points. And then within the automotive industry, you know, the continued shift from a combustion engine to a battery powered vehicle is testing, I'd say, both the manufacturers as well as their longtime uh, incumbent suppliers in many ways. But it's also creating openings for relatively new or up-and-coming suppliers to have a real opportunity to forge and solidify their own version of a strong relationship with major car manufacturers because of the willingness to collaborate and participate actively uh, in this, uh, in this the collaboration space. And so this can range from identifying lighter materials to increase fuel efficiency or furthering the battery technology to increase the total range or reduce the recharge time. But the opportunities are there to be a collaborative supplier. And I'd say to me, the automotive space is a great example of not only the disruption that's occurring, but the opportunity to collaborate with suppliers, with those that are willing to be agile uh, and pivot as the industry trends continue to take shape. Um, I think those suppliers will be the ultimate winners uh, in this space. Yeah, that's a great description of it, the agility and being able, the ability to pivot to uh, respond to your customers regardless of where you are in the supply chain. But, you know, great example, Travis. Uh, any final thoughts for today's episode? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll just say something that I think I've iterated before, which is that, you know, COVID really shook the supply chains to its core. Uh, and, you know, we continue to see small pockets of disruption affecting industries, um, supply chain disruption. But, you know, I think more importantly, it, it, it forced many companies to reevaluate their supply chain strategy. And, you know, during these periods of uncertainty uh, and change, uh, is when companies are really looking to seek innovative ways to kind of bring back some steadiness and structure uh, where they can. And so introducing a supplier collaboration program can help ensure that long-term support. So honestly, to me, I think there's really no better time for buyers and suppliers to open the doors more uh, 
to each other and be open to working more collaboratively. I think it can only help create those deeper levels of accountability and and stability, which can certainly be a welcome change, I think, given the past few years for everybody. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And as we uh, you know navigate the predicted recession coming down the road, and again, companies and, and private equity firms continue to drive value in their businesses and their portfolio companies. Uh, really important topic. Another great discussion of, of an important item in the supply chain issues companies are facing today. So, Travis, we thank you for joining us again today and look forward to continuing this, this discussion as we move forward. Yeah. No, thank you, Steve. I appreciate the time. All right, everyone, we look forward to talking to you on the next episode of The Capital Table. Thank you. You've been listening to The Capital Table. For more information, please visit witham.com. Thank you for listening.